Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, hey, Lawsy. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, 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 good. Countdown to the wedding. Yes, is it's on. on. It's very much on. Steph said I wasn't allowed to ask her anything last intro because <laughs> she's like, otherwise all the intros are going to be about the wedding. I just so feel bad. I'm I really like, back. I'm really gone. You know, I feel like on social media every every day I'm like, oh, it's coming up soon, but it really is coming up. I haven't felt that. I feel like you could do it more. Oh, How I'm many good. days is it? It is 10. Actually, I've got an app. I've got a countdown app that I made. Like, we all remember we yeah. the day that I asked you guys to be my buzz <laughs> bridal party. We all, oh, it's 10 days. It's 10, 10 days away. 10 days. Wow. Okay, guys, this is, well, actually, when they listen to it, it'll be nine days. Amazing. Yeah, so really close. And I'm really, really excited. Um, but, yeah, we've got quite a bit on with work before that. We're really excited to be welcoming, welcoming Sorry, Michelle <laughs> Battersby to our team on Monday. Yeah. Very excited to have her part of the kick squad. Um, and, yeah, so that'll be nice and nice and fresh. I'll get to work with her for, like, half a week before I go, <laughs> go on a short mini break. But how was your weekend? I just want to talk about your wedding quickly. Oh, okay. Sorry, this is not about me, this intro. This is all about you. Okay. <laughs> Give us a 30-second update. Okay. Because we have a wedding podcast coming. Yep. So we don't want to give away no. too much. We also don't want to give away... We yeah. want the day to be very special, so yeah. you're not really giving away a lot before the day. Yep. But give us a 30-second kind of update. You've done your seating plan. Yep. I've seen you do that. Yep. Done seating plan. We're also having everyone um, where we are going, where it's going to be. There's not many places around there. So we decided we kind of wanted to make it a whole weekend event and have people actually stay. So we've got glamping. It's going to be like a little bit of a mini festival, which I'm really excited about. I think a lot of the people coming, it's been a while since they've been able to kind of go away on a weekend away. And uh, they've kind of said to me how excited they are to, to go away with their partner or their friends and just have a weekend away and have fun. Um, and I think knowing Josh and I, it's got it's probably going to be a late night. <laughs> Which is <laughs> we were talking about it the yeah. other day. Josh is like, Lawsy, so what time do you reckon like we should turn the music off? And I was like, um, twelve thirty one. He's like, No. <laughs> anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll just read the crowd. Um, but that's kind of the update. We're also obviously, you know, touch wood, the weather's good, but you yes. know, I think we've kind of got to the point where it's been such a long time coming with the planning that um, regardless of the weather, we're going to have so much fun. And I've actually had a lot of confidence by talking to some people who have been to weddings before that have bucketed down and they said it was like one of the funnest weddings that they went to because everyone kind of just let loose and kind of they couldn't care anymore. They just like got wet and dense in the rain because it was like, well, who cares? So really... We're just getting, like, the point of the whole thing is we're getting married and we're going to be with all our favourite people. Is that the point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be with Whoa, <laughs> groundbreaking on breaking the kickbox. The point of having a wedding is to <laughs> get married. And just be with, like, all our closest friends and family. It doesn't really matter about the setting or the weather or anything like that. So I agree. Yeah, that's as much of an update as I can really give you. That We've was got great. a couple of things next week. I'm going to pamper myself out a little bit. Yeah leading up to the wedding. Steph's taking me for one of them. So yeah. special. I'm not getting married, but I was like, I'll come. <laughs> um, yeah, like massages and facials and all that sort of stuff. I um, feel like it's the time to really pamper pamper yourself is right before the wedding. So I'm excited. It'll Love be it. fun. But it's creeping up. It's I know. Coming, it's coming out of nowhere, I swear. I feel like it was, I was saying it's months away. 
not that long ago. It's like my speech. I've been like, I have so much. how are you going with your speech? Well, I've got a lot of points that I need to put into. Make it flow. Yeah, but I feel like I kept saying to myself, I need to like find the perfect moment where I'm like in the mode to write. You do have to be in the mood, yeah. Often when I'm running is when I've written, I've thought of things about you. Yeah, Yeah, okay. And Josh, obviously. (laughs) Probably be mainly about you, but um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, so I've got to do that. But I'm just so excited. Yeah, it'll be fun. And I also have a random movie that I watched that I want to share. Okay. I told you already. Yeah. Yeah. You actually gave me a movie recommendation and the love, all the boys I've loved. It's probably the one movie recommendation you've ever given me that I couldn't get into. You didn't like it? You know the funniest thing? I've actually tried to watch it before. I tried to watch it a few months ago. And as I, it turned out, I'm like, oh, goodness, I've watched this. But then I was like, no, 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 I'll stick with it. I'll stick with it. And I think it was was, um, on the weekend I had a bit of a cold. So my mind wasn't focusing. And I, yeah. So anyway. So you don't like my recommendation? I didn't like it that much. I'm sorry. It was, I'm as sorry. I said, it was just like a high school. It is. Yeah. Like it's not. It, that was called All the Boys I've Loved Before yeah. or something. Yeah. But it is cute. It's yeah. very cute. But so what's your recommendation? Okay. It is called Long Shot. It's got, was it on Netflix? So I had to uh, buy it on yes, um, yes, 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 yes. G- Google. Chrome yeah, that's the one with the guy from uh, Seth. Seth, yeah, Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron. I don't yeah. know how to say her name, but yeah. it's she becomes the president of America. Yes. Oh, I just gave it away. Uh, I, she, no, but that was in all the ads. I remember it? when all the ads came out when okay. it was went in the cinemas. And it she's trying like, to be the president, and I'll, maybe she gets it. But <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. I really enjoyed it. It's like a really feel good, happy. You know the movies. I don't like when movies like a end two. on a note where it's sad yeah. or end on a note where you don't know what happens. Yeah, you know what happens. It's happy, makes you feel good. Yeah. It's all about love and just awesome. Anyway, that's my recommendation. Cool. And I also recommend this podcast that we did today. We're about to listen. As in like keep listening. (laughs) I hope you guys haven't dropped off yet for this long intro because today's podcast is really friggin' awesome. I enjoyed this chat so much. Chantelle Mm. is incredible. So she's a sexologist and the way she can talk about sex and everything I was saying to Laura the way that she can say words like erection or masturbation. It's like it comes out of her mouth like she's talking about an orange or fried rice. Mm. Like it's so natural to her. Um, and no, I'm just saying like things that you wouldn't even normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was really cool because when we were in this chat, we kind of got lost in that. And it was just really nice to have a really open chat. Um, we answered a lot of your questions. Don't worry, we kept all of them anonymous. Mm. A lot of you guys asked for them to be anonymous. So we've, we just made all of them anonymous. Um, but a lot of them were coming up quite a lot. So we know that you guys are going to enjoy this because um, you pretty much asked for it. And it's it was just, it was very informative mm. and interesting and yeah, kind of funny at times as well and yeah I, I really liked it obviously we are um, there's a lot that we talk about that is past PG rated so Definitely. please keep that in mind this is kind of like when there was a sealed section in Cosmo and you had to rip it open and you kind of had to get your mum's permission when you were younger than like 16 so please keep that in mind if you're a young listener um, there might be things in here that we might talk about that might make you feel uncomfortable or anything, and we don't want that so please uh, consider that before listening definitely um, but yeah, other than that, we hope you guys enjoy it. Welcome, Chantel. 
Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Thank you for driving from Shepparton. <laughs> <laughs> Pleasure. <laughs> what were you doing in Shep? I was um, teaching doctors and oncologists about breast cancer and sexuality. Okay. And I was seeing patient groups there. Uh, to give them a space to talk about how cancer impacts their sexuality and then working with their nurses as well on how to talk about it with their patients because sex is something that no one really knows how to talk about. And that's why I'm so excited for this Mm. podcast and I know a lot of our audiences too because as soon as we mentioned that you were coming on, not only did we get a lot of your fans saying, oh my God, I love her, I can't wait for this, (laughs) but so many great questions. So this chat is pretty much all of your questions, guys. Um, I've kept them all anonymous, as a lot of you are asking for that. Um, but I'm really excited, as I was reading them through, even my whole, the whole office, we were all like, this is probably going to be one of our favourite podcasts. Couldn't wait to get it going. <laughs> but I thought we could start with just a kind of lighthearted, fun chat about our first times, because obviously a lot of our girls are quite young. And a lot of the questions were around, you know, your first time and yeah. um, being scared about it or how it's going to go or will you regret it and all that sort of stuff. So I thought it'd be kind of nice. We have written about it in our book. I was going to say, briefly. when Seth said yesterday, let's talk about our first time, I was like, oh, that's... Uh, and then she was like, Laura, we've already published it in a book. Yeah. Like, True. Okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but I think it's okay to talk about, like, different experiences and stuff like that. And we don't need to obviously go into too much detail. <laughs> yeah. But, um... I know. Do do you, like, what was your first time like? Mine was really good. So I had a boyfriend. I was in year 11. Mm -hmm. And we would get a half day off on a Wednesday. So we'd been dating for like a couple of months like mm-hmm. a, a while and um, you know doing all the kind of hot and heavy stuff that, <laughs> like it was still I mean if you think about sex we were still doing it yeah it yeah. just wasn't penetrative yeah and then um, we were like you know what we've got a half day yeah let's plan it and so <laughs> we planned it and we were at his house and he had a single mom and um, she was out at work. So we had this like beautiful, safe environment to do it. Nice. And um, yeah, I think it was really good. And I remember I went home afterwards and I was like walking from the bus stop and my mom drove past me in her car. And she's like, why is your school uniform so like messy? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> so there was for me like uh, a real sense of safety around it. Mm. And I guess... I have from I'm from a Dutch family. We talk about sexuality and mm. how important it is to feel safe. But we were really hadn't had that chat about like contraception or anything. I just knew that we were going to be safe around yeah. it, and so we had condoms, and um, I felt really good. And I think that the second time was better than the first time. Yeah. I think the first time always kind of is a bit like what? Yeah, what is happening? Um, but the second time was way better, definitely. Oh, that's good. So you had a good experience. Yeah, that's but good. I know for a lot of people they can have tricky ones as well. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Laws? I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. I was in. My, it was my first long-term relationship, and I think we'd been dating for about maybe three or so months. But I, I can't remember a lot about it, to be honest. Really, you don't? Yeah, remember I know. I, I just remember that it was nice, and I felt safe, and I felt respected in the relationship, and mm. I felt like it was the right time. And yeah, yeah it was nice. <laughs> I envy you too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I. I mean, like, I don't regret anything. I mean, everything that I've ever done in life, I learned from. So I don't regret it. But my first time wasn't as 
magical I'd say mm. it wasn't it wasn't bad in any way but I was kind of I was dating an older guy and I was 15 and we'd been dating for a while and as you said doing everything else really so mm. it, it was really just the next thing the next step the big deal <laughs> and it was just like yeah it was just not I suppose what I always envisioned it was going to be like you know yeah. like candles and rose petals and like <laughs> um but then it was fine like we dated for like eight months so it was a, mm. a long-term relationship for me back then but um yeah, it wasn't as special. And I think I think I was okay with that. Like, mm. I became okay with that. When I did make love to someone that I was really, really in love with and it was really special, then I kind of just treated that as my special time. And yeah. it didn't really matter to me that my first time wasn't like that. Because as you said, it doesn't matter even if you're super in love with the person, mm. it's always awkward the yeah. first time. It's always a bit weird. Yeah. You know, and do you even talk about it afterwards? Yeah, I know. Okay, and like, just <laughs> move on. <laughs> But a lot of the questions that girls were saying, you know, like, how do you know if you're ready or, you know, what age kind of thing? And I think the biggest thing is you can't really, I'm guessing you can't really put a number Mm. of an age as to when you're ready. It's really, it's up to the individual, hey? Yeah, it's really up to the individual. It's also down to, I guess, their sex education because we are in a multicultural society where everyone gets different ideas from Mm. their families, from their cultural background, from their religion, schooling. Um, peers, etc., about what's right and what's wrong. Yeah. And I think that the most important thing is to do your research, um, know about contraception. I really think it's important to look at condoms, you know, pull them out, even if you're not going to use them just yet, see what they're like, mm. and um, I guess practice maybe putting them on, like, I don't know, a cucumber or something, yeah, yeah. but know how to do it because. Mm. At the end of the day, you have to trust yourself when yeah. you're going into a sexual situation. And if you're, you know, the gut feeling, it's kind of lower in your stomach. Sometimes you'll get anxiety or sometimes you'll be excited. Mm. And I would say that go with whatever your gut feeling is giving you. If you go, you know what, I feel good about this and I'm doing it because I'm ready, then go with that. If you're going, I have to get it out of the way yeah. or over and done with, just give yourself a bit of a break yeah. and wait. A yeah. little bit, you know. I see um, a, a lot of women and men who are in their twenties. I have some people in their thirties that still haven't had their first sexual mm. experience because they're not, you know, they haven't found that person yeah. just yet. You don't have to find a person, but you have to find yourself within that Absolutely. situation. Yeah, and it's so important as well, I think, to make sure that it doesn't. I mean, whatever age it might be for you, but that you want to do it, and it's not yeah. just. I feel like in high mm. school there was a lot of girls that might have lost their virginity for the first time because they felt pressured that oh, I haven't done it yet, I have to do it. Yeah, it's like the next step thing. Yeah, yeah. but it, it should be something that you feel totally comfortable with. Yeah, I mean, we have a, a culture that's a very sexualized, mature culture, mm. so I think everyone expects to be at a higher level and we all think we're a little bit older than we actually are um, and very wise but I think when it comes to love or sexuality we're not always that wise we have to you know make sure that we feel as good as we can be so that we can look back and go you know what what would I tell my children Mm. about how I would want them to do it as well Mm. Yeah, I love that. And for me, I went to a Catholic high school mm-hmm. and I think that's really impacted my kind of um, idea of what the right age was because up until probably 17, mm-hmm. I fully believed in sex after marriage Yeah, because that's what we were told. And we had a speaker that came to the school once a year and I was like, no, nah, I can't imagine any other way. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. then I kind of made my mind up myself after that. But I think that influenced me yeah. a lot. Yeah, totally. I went to a Catholic school as well, but I think because my parents were like, sex is great and yeah. it should be fun <laughs> and you do it with someone that you love and yeah. it's fun with. And my parents were always like, it's important to have that in a relationship and sexuality and intimate connections really important to keep you guys together. Then I was like, oh, cool. It's great. I can experiment. Um, and, you know, my dad would, would tell me about all these escapades before he was with mm. my mother. So I was like, it's okay to be naughty. Um, but on the other hand, you know, I see lots of people that go, uh, sex after marriage and also I think guilty like they would say I feel guilty mm. that I've had it before mm. or um, it might also end up with a condition because they're tight such mm -hmm. as vaginismus mm -hmm. because they're anxious about it which we'll talk about a little bit yeah, later yeah definitely so what about um, mismatched libidos mm. how do you navigate that well, it's a really tricky one <laughs> <laughs> I think, um, so we're talking about libido. Libido is also desire. Yeah. And desire is so complex. And it really, if you think about it, as a person, we are made up of so many layers, like an onion. <laughs> we have the biological aspects, so how we are working within our body, our abilities as well, um, our medications that we're on. A lot of people are on antidepressants or the mm -hmm. contraception mm -hmm. um, that may impact their libidos. Uh, we also have to think of things like chronic pain, migraines, etc., that might impact mm. libido. There is also psychology. So if we're anxious or if we get a bit depressed or melancholy, which mm -hmm. is normal for everyone, or if we have issues with our self-esteem or body image, that's also going to impact the way that we feel about being in a sexual situation. Um, like we were just talking about our sociocultural background. So mm. our family influences our religion, etc. And then our interpersonal relationships, so the mm. relationship with our sexual partner or our, our loving partner um, and works and life stress, they all impact our libido. Mm. Um, and libido is challenge for women and for men. And I think that that's the most important thing. It's not exclusive. Mm. I think a lot of people think, oh, women, they just have a lower libido. I actually have a theory that for men, often they feel desire mm -hmm. and they, so that means that they want something like sexuality or if we think about like going out for breakfast, you know that you want a croissant in the morning <laughs> and you can already get excited about getting a croissant or, um, and where you're going to go get it and what coffee you're going to drink. So you're owning the fact that you want something that's coming in the future. Mm. And that's what desire is about. It's the imagination behind something that's coming. And then they get aroused, meaning that their body starts working. Maybe they will get an erection, etc. And for women, yes, that often happens too but we also um, have the ability and I would say more often we need to be aroused first so we mm. need our mm. brain to be switched on to sexuality we need to be thinking about it mm. maybe we need our partner to be touching us a little mm. bit maybe we need to touch ourselves I think we need to feel really comfortable in our arousal so how our body is reacting to then start feeling the desire mm. so if you've got a bit of a lower desire remember to be kind to yourself figure out out you know are there any medications that might be impacting don't go off the medication work on it and figure out the right way to do it you mm. can also come to a session and we can figure it out together um, but also remember that it's okay to go into a sexual situation and say you know what let's just try this mm. and why don't you touch me here or stroke me here or we make out for a little bit and then maybe I'll ease into it mm. 
um, don't automatically think that it's spontaneous and you're going to want to jump in every time you see mm-hmm. your sexual partner. Yeah, and and your libido. I mean, you were talking about how it can fluctuate with like stress and everything like that. And I, I, I can definitely put my hand up and relate to that. I feel like sometimes my libido is non-existent, and yeah. then other times uh, it's totally there. Um, and I can say for sure that I've struggled in the past because Josh's libido is never non-existent. <laughs> and he's a very sexual partner, um, which is, I mean, it's great. But it, yeah, I, I've definitely gone into um, sometimes when I when I've been feeling really low in my libido that I have been frustrated because mm-hmm. I get frustrated myself because I just feel like, like why aren't I there mm-hmm. and I, I suppose I wanted to know when it comes to your period is it um, with our menstrual cycle and everything is that another factor that can alter your libido? Yeah absolutely so our menstrual cycle dictates the hormones that we have in our body. So mm. we get peaks of estrogen and progesterone and testosterone. Some women feel really horny just before their period mm. or during. Mm. Some women just have, it's just off the radar. Yep. And especially when your PMS is influenced or if you have a condition called PMDD, which is premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Mm-hmm. It's something that I have. It's basically where you lose your mind once a month, mm-hmm. just before your period. And that's <laughs> it sounds like me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to go on um, either contraception or antidepressants for a week or so before your period to manage it. Yeah, right. Because it's really just distressing. It can impact your work life, your relationship. When you're in that state and, you know, when you're like ready to burn your house down because <laughs> you're so angry with life because of your period, <laughs> um, that's not going to equal an erotic situation. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, your menstrual cycle, it's individualized to how it impacts everyone. Um, and I think uh, you guys probably do a very good job of talking about how to manage your uh, health during that time mm. and really do exercise and eat really well. And these are important things. Sleep's really important. Uh, and just make sure you take care of yourself. Mm. And I would imagine for people like us, like, all of us, we work really, really hard. We travel a lot. Mm. We have high demanding jobs. We have partners that have demanding jobs. Mm. You know, that's going to impact the way that we are able to drop into a sexual situation. Yeah. So Scheduling a better time is probably a good idea as well. 11 p.m. on a Tuesday night. <laughs> is, is not a good time. It's not a good time. <laughs> no, you know, it's definitely not. <laughs> maybe push back Netflix for half an hour and do it you know, before dinner or do it on a Sunday morning. Just um, make sure that you know you do what's right for you and sex doesn't have to mean penetration and orgasm it can Mm. mean anything that's sexual and and erotic and beautiful and connecting or you know pleasurable or naughty whatever you want it to be Mm. another thing that came up quite a lot is with women and orgasming and how it's harder for women to orgasm than it is for males through penetration yeah yeah how do you navigate that are there any tips on finding the way to do it or is everyone different and then do you even need to do it every time because I feel like you shouldn't feel like you have to yeah that's a really good point we don't get educated on women's pleasure Mm. that's the the foundation of our sex education in Australia there's a one-hour lecture on sexual medicine in the medical degrees here um, they don't show the clitoris in the diagrams. <laughs> you know, pe- women don't know what their vulva oh is, their labia. And oh. I really recommend that you start doing some research. Um, there's a lot of facts on my Instagram. I'm coming out with a sex ed course so that everyone can just go Amazing. in and learn their thing. But um, 
I think give yourself a little bit of a break. We get taught that penetration should mean that we have a penetrative orgasm, mm. whereas the reality is 70% of women cannot orgasm through penetration. Mm. And I would really encourage young women out there to get a mirror out and look at their vulva, which is the area between their legs. The vagina is just the hole where um, a finger or a penis or a, a vibrator goes. Um, and know what your vulva looks like and find your clitoris, which is like a little pleasure button. It's <laughs> on the top of the vagina and uh, there are 8,000 nerve endings in there and that uh, those nerve endings, in, uh, nerve endings are designed purely for pleasure. So anyone who can have a penetrative orgasm, it's actually where the penis or a vibrator is rubbing on the clitoral nerve endings on the inside of the vagina because the clitoris is like a wishbone shape it mm -hmm. goes seven centimeters into the vagina so i would say if you want to have an orgasm mm. definitely get some lubricant and feel around that area and find your sweet spots mm. and find what is pleasurable also make sure you're relaxed maybe put on some songs that you like um, make sure you have some private space you're warm you're cozy if you're feeling really stressed or, or you're searching for an orgasm, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. Because the more you push yourself, the further away it's going to get from you. So just try and enjoy it. There are some really good vibrators out there that might give you also the stimulation that you need. Mm. And for the people who feel like they've never had one before, mm. um, I suppose how would you explain to someone what it what it's like or what they can expect because if, if they've never had one before they might have even had one and just not even noticed it or, or something like that but um, yeah I suppose for the girls there was a lot of girls asking about it because it wasn't just about um, not through penetration but they've just never been able to mm. orgasm whether it was with a partner or by themselves so yeah about 12% of women can't. Okay. And that's also all right because there's so many erogenous zones, which means like pleasure zones in yeah. your body. And just because you can't now doesn't mean that you can't all the time. Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, sometimes we need a bit of maturity or we need a different area of stimulation to be able to have that orgasmic experience. But some symptoms would be maybe your pelvic floor and your um, like buttocks getting tighter <laughs> and your like pelvis or your hips lifting up towards towards the ceiling because you're kind of edging towards that pleasure. Um, you might get contractions or some throbbing in your clitoris or in your pelvic floor. You might get really hot. You might get a bit sweaty. You <laughs> might feel this kind of like little explosion in your brain. And then you might just feel this drop and feel really tired and snoozy and yeah. happy afterwards. <laughs> um, so these are all really good symptoms. There are some good websites that I recommend that you have a look at. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, oh my God, yes. dot mm. com is a really good one, uh, and that teaches you about how to masturbate as a woman and how to look at your vulva. They're really, really positive stories from real women on there. Labia Library is also something that I encourage you to look at, where you can see what other women's vulvas and labia looks like. And uh, you know, I think it's important to know that we're all pretty normal. It's mm -hmm. just that we don't. Unlike men, we see a lot of male appendages <laughs> in media. We never get to see that for women yeah, because so it's true. actually not legal. Um, so they tuck away all the important bits that define us as a woman in mainstream media. So go on labia library and have a look at what a different different types of labia, different types of pubic hair looks like and find what's right for you and know that you're absolutely okay. Mm. 
Now, I think Steph has a story for this one, <laughs> but we wanted to ask you about mm. having an orgasm during exercise, which yeah. you called a corgasm. A it's corgasm. a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is a thing. I loved that someone asked this because um, it's actually PJ, Jason PJ. Yes. They've spoken about it on the radio before and I actually called up because I... PJ was made to feel a little awkward when she admitted to having one. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to call up. And I was like, yeah, look, I've You're had a good one person. too. <laughs> uh, um, but I remember the first time it happened to me, um, I was so, I was like, surely not. <laughs> like, I was just literally doing a core exercise and it happened and I was like, Woo. that can't be right, right? And then, <laughs> and then it just, yeah, so it's happened quite a few times. And I, I suppose, yeah, I wanted to know how that happens, number mm. one, and it, that it is normal. <laughs> yeah, so there's... <laughs> Not a huge amount of research on it, but yeah. there, there was one study of 2,000 men and women and 10% of them had had a corgasm. Okay. <laughs> and basically, it's when you're doing the exercises, you're engaging in your uh, abs and your pelvic floor muscles, okay. which is bringing blood down to your pelvic floor and genital region <laughs> and putting pressure down there, which is going to equal in you getting a lot of blood built up and a lot of, I guess, movement, and then an orgasm can happen. You also have to be in a really relaxed state and a good state Probably your mind was not thinking about Absolutely having an not. orgasm. No, it was not. <laughs> and so for women, that's the way it is. From For men, they often get that um, the prostate area uh, with blood in it, and that's where they get more of an orgasm from the prostate area instead. Um, but, yeah, it's absolutely a thing, and, you know, anyone that's doing it, well, congratulations. <laughs> I've never had one. <laughs> it's definitely something that, like, as soon as I feel like I know the ab exercises that kind of bring it on, I'm like, You're I'm cheeky. not doing that at the gym. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> About vaginismus. Now, I did, we definitely need to talk about this because um, it came up a lot. Like yeah. a lot of girls, it either came up in the way of actually knowing that they had it or mm. questioning whether they had it or not. So whatever you can share about it, what it means and all that yeah. sort of stuff would be great. Totally. So this is something that I specialise in in my clinic and, you know, I have a lot of other sexologists that work with me and we're all really well trained in vaginismus. The reason why I'm so interested in it is because I know that no one's talking about it. Mm. I know a lot of gynecologists don't know how to diagnose it and doctors because... Uh, basically it's something that we have to assess someone's history about because a lot of it is psychological. Okay. Yeah. So vaginismus is basically where your pelvic floor tightens up when maybe a finger, a penis, a tampon, or you're getting a gynecology exam comes close to it and it gets a bit scared um, and it it's almost like your eye blinking when I throw a pen at it. It just doesn't want to feel pain, so it closes up. And if you try and put anything in there, either it's like hitting a brick wall, so mm. you can't get anything in, or it's very much burning, stinging pain sensations in the vagina. And it just feels like there's razor blades in there and it's really unpleasant. And I would encourage anyone who has those feelings to really come get a session because mm. it's not that difficult to fix actually. It's just that a lot of people don't know how to diagnose it. Yeah. So I would say strip back your sexuality to have more outer course experiences. So don't have any penetration. And then we work on the vaginismus with dilators, which is basically like exercises for your vagina. Mm. It's like using uh, it, you basically have um, 
a, a set which goes from the size, they're kind of like little tubes. One's the size of your pinky finger, then it goes up to the size of your middle finger, then it goes up to thicker, thicker, thicker mm. until we get the size of an average penis or a large penis. And we just retrain your pelvic floor to open and be relaxed. Some people have vaginismus from uh, the first time they try and have a sexual experience and some people might get it a little bit later. So they might have had a couple of months or years with very easy penetrative intercourse, uh, but then maybe they have a child or maybe they have a stressful period or maybe they have a traumatic thing happen and their pelvic floor decides to tense up mm. because what happens when we get stressed is we have fight, flight or freeze and our shoulders and our pelvic floors contract and often they will stay in that position, especially if they get nervous or anticipate pain. And the more we anticipate pain, the more that we're mm. going to protect our bodies. Mm. So vaginismus, one in five women have it. Wow. You're not alone. Yeah. It's definitely something uh, for myself. I've even felt those sensations before. And it's just because my mind was really not in the sexual experience that I was having and I didn't really particularly want to be there. Mm. So I think making sure that you're aroused enough when you're in a sexual experience, you're doing it with someone that you like mm -hmm. um, or you're feeling comfortable is the most important thing and if you're feeling these sensations quite often then let's get some help with mm. it because um, it's quite easy to fix. I think that's the most comforting thing knowing mm. that it's easy to fix or that it, it's mm. definitely not you know with you for life I think girls would love hearing that. Mm. Mm. I can't believe it's one in five yeah that's crazy but I feel like if you had it you'd feel like you're in one in a thousand. Mm. Oh absolutely and I think we've probably heard of a lot of people that mm didn't realize that they have mm. it. Um, a lot of people with endometriosis would have these kind of experiences because there's already pain in their pelvic floor. There's another condition called vulvodynia, which is pain around the vulva. So that's the skin between the legs mm. outside of the vagina. And that's a lot of um, burning and discomfort. And that also requires pelvic floor physiotherapy as well. So there's lots of things that can go on in that area and it's definitely worth getting checked out. Mm. If you don't get the answers that you want from your GP or specialist, then go to someone different or, you know, send in an email or send me a DM on mm. Instagram so we can work it out. Mm. Um, but education is key and I would really mm. research what you think you have. What about confidence? This mm. was probably the most common question mm. that came in. How do you feel more confident when you're having sex? It's a really complex one, mm. I think, because... Um, I think we have these expectations that we're meant to know it all yeah. mm. when it comes to sexuality and we're meant to feel good and we're meant to have the right moves and feel pleasure all the time. Mm. But A, sex is really messy and it's two people. People are unpredictable. You know, I think the most important thing is that you work on your own sexual self-esteem. So you feel okay within yourself and also you give yourself permission to be an erotic person mm. uh, you know what your boundaries are and you set them it's very okay to go into a sexual situation and say to your sexual partner I'm okay with doing this but for now I don't want to do this mm. it's just a no for now you know, we'll revisit it in a little bit of time. Confidence is about having the right education. So researching, talking to people that you trust, asking for advice, getting information. Uh, you know, this podcast is going to be a really good one. Mm -hmm. um, looking at some good online websites, looking at social media for um, sexually confident or just confident Instagram 
uh, pages. I have a sexual self-esteem course that's mm-hmm. online that you can do from the comfort of your home, and that's a really good one to do. But confidence is not something that we're born with. It's no, something yeah. that we have to create, and it's up to you to give yourself permission to follow that path and know you're worth it. Mm, absolutely. I think um, I think I've definitely been in a position where I haven't. You know, there's days where you just don't feel it. You don't feel confident, um, and it's not even just in. in if you're not feeling confident that day, I feel like if I'm not feeling confident that day, I'm, I know for sure I'm not going to feel confident in the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just a, a no-go zone if I'm not feeling good in myself. Um, what about being present during sex? You know, a lot of people were asking, um, I suppose, as you mentioned before, if you've got a stressful life, um, work life or even just life in general, how do you kind of switch your mind off that and, and just relax and enjoy mm. sex? Yeah, that's a really good one. I think that, A, you need to lower your expectations yeah. a little bit of yourself. I think that us as millennials really expect to be uh, high up here when we're just kind of doing our best every single day. And mm-hmm. I think that people of our generation are working really, really hard and over time to be at a, at a good place in their life quite early. Um, I really think that being present means that you have to set aside time and it means that you need to know how to give your thoughts a little bit of a place. Mm. So if you get anxious um, or you've got a million things on your to-do list, remember that that to-do list is still going to be there after you have a sexual experience and you might be uh, a little bit more relaxed as well because sexuality and skin-on-skin contact or an orgasm uh, relieves stress a lot. Um, But I think practicing things like mindfulness, controlling your breaths, um, setting aside time at a at a time that's going to work for you. So maybe a Saturday morning, or you know, before dinner, or you know, don't watch Netflix that night. Make sure you have some time on the couch or in bed with your sexual partner or with yourself. Whatever you want to do um, is the most important practice your breathing and and learning how to really slow down your breaths and drop into the situation. I would say a sex playlist is also something that you can really uh, invest Mm -hmm. in. I've got one if you want to look it up on Spotify (laughs) um, or you can make your own to suit your own taste. But when you've got music playing in the background, it's a lot easier to be, you know, dropping into a situation. Mm. And I feel like your confidence would play a big part in Mm. that as well because if you're the whole time worried about what your body looks Mm. like or, you know, especially Mm. if the lights are on, oh, are they looking at this? Then mm. it, I feel like that could really get in your head. And personally, I've only ever had sex in long-term relationships, so I've never. I feel quite lucky that I've never felt mm. kind of not confident in myself in sex because yeah. I've always been with someone that I know that loves me. But I, I can imagine in mm. Seth and I were talking about it yesterday, mm. something like a one-night stand, establishing that confidence yeah. in yourself. Mm with someone that you don't know could be really hard. It could be. It could also be easier mm. because you might never have to see that them again. True. <laughs> so I get conflicting messages about this, but what you're bringing up is absolutely right. You have to feel... Um, okay with who you are as a sexual person to mm. be able to be present. And if you're still learning or you're not that confident, focus your attention 100% on the person that is in front of you. What colour are their eyes? What's their hair like? What does their skin feel like? Direct them to places in your body that you like. Um, and yeah, maybe uh, for some people, relationships work really well for mm. sexuality. And maybe for others, one night stands are a better way to mm. go because then they can be whoever they want they can put on their alter ego so true (laughs) i think that's also a really good way to explore um so you find your own journey and decide what you want to do 
but as long as you are safe and feeling confident mm, in yeah. your boundaries, that's the most important thing. So it's always okay to say yes and it's always okay to say no. Mm. You dictate the path. Remember that you are the person in charge. So important to mm. remember that. Mm. Yeah. Is there a healthy or normal amount of times to have sex per week or does it just depend on what works for you? It really depends on what works for you. Mm. So it would be so obnoxious for me to say mm. you have to have sex as many times a week because <laughs> we are all individuals. Mm. Yeah. What I would say is when you are having a sexual experience, make sure it's a good quality sexual experience. Mm. We like to talk about quality over quantity. Um, yeah, not to like have it just for the sake of having it. No, yeah. do it because you want it. Mm. And if you're not wanting it, let's figure out why. And let's figure out what you do want to do. Maybe just making out, you know, mm. once or twice a week is a good way. Or maybe uh, showing your partner how you masturbate or using a vibrator on yourself or doing a massage with a happy ending. You know, <laughs> sexuality is about being creative any type of way you want to have sex is okay. And there's a lot of different um, abilities out there for people. There's a lot of uh, disabilities and things that can challenge you. There's different illnesses as well. And uh, remember that there is no normal when it comes to sexuality. It's mm. just really what you make it. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and another one that came up a lot was UTIs. Mm. So I suppose what are all the tips and tricks to, to do what you can to dodge a UTI. Obviously, it's sometimes it just happens yeah. and you can't help it. But yeah, what are the what are the tips to dodge it? Oh, UTIs. <laughs> they <laughs> suck. So annoying. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that UTIs and also thrush, which yeah. is, you know, itching and burning down in your labia. Um, these are things that we are just blessed with as women <laughs> and... I think it's really important to stay healthy. So very, very hydrated. If you get chronic UTIs, cut down on the drinking when you're having, you know, sexual experiences. Um, I would say that I, I don't want you to really be super drunk anyway mm. when you're having a mm. sexual experience because mm -hmm. I really like people to feel a sense of control. But um, a lot of water is good. High... Uh, High intensity cranberry tablets are really good. A lot of vitamin C in your diet is really important. It's also great for your skin, so you mm. might as well invest. Uh, use good quality lubricants mm -hmm. as well. So if you are using condoms uh, or a sex toy, use a good water-based lubricant. Um, like Sliquid is a really good one. You can buy it on online stores. I wouldn't really invest in the ones that are um, in in kind of pharmacies, mm. etc., because they might change the pH of your vagina, which will end up in more UTIs and thrush. Um, if you're just using a, a penis or your finger, then a silicon lubricant is good because that will stay on a lot longer. Water-based gets absorbed into your body, so you have to keep applying it. But lube it up. <laughs> Everyone should use lube. It's the best thing ever, and it just makes your sexual experience a lot better. Um, make sure you pee before and after sex yeah. as well. And if you're prone to it, maybe speak to your GP about the right yeah. ways to, to manage it. And you might need to do some antibiotics or take an antibiotic after every sexual experience. Um, but get some help for it because it's painful. It's so annoying. It's so, yeah, it really <laughs> impacts your day and the ability to, to move within your environment as well and enjoy sex. Mm. We've spoken a lot about self-pleasure. But I feel like just, you know, day to day you hear a lot about males masturbating but not a lot about females. Do you need to masturbate if you're a female? Is it normal? 
I would say, um, I mean, no one needs to do it, but you really should learn Mm. how your body works. Uh So I'm a really big encourager of uh, knowing your own pleasure because if you don't know, it's very hard to steer someone else to to find your pleasure. So I'm a very big believer in exploring your vulva area, exploring your body, trying different types of touch and sensation, Mm. um, trying a a good vibrator externally on your clitoral area, and you can try it internally as well. Um, But masturbation is super, super healthy, and it shouldn't be shameful or Mm. taboo. It's something Mm. that's super normal Mm. as well. But yeah, we don't talk about it much Mm. as women, and I think a lot of women don't feel like they have permission but I'm giving you permission I am encouraging you to explore your vulva I feel like it's super sexualized for women yeah. and for men it's normal but if a woman does it it's Even like oh well she must be super into sex and super erotic but it's just yeah. a normal thing yeah yeah and even like when it comes to like watching porn and stuff like that it's just you it, you don't hear of it ever mm. if, as a female um but it's it, it's weird i don't know where it came from mm. that it wasn't okay for us <laughs> to be erotic yeah i think it's so funny as well because men have all these terms for masturbating there's like wanking mm. yeah or, i don't know what other ones there are. For women, there's actually not that many. Like, yeah. What flicking the bean, which is yeah. like, so gross. Um, <laughs> but we really don't talk about it, and I think it's okay to go. You know what? I self pleasure, mm. and it's the best thing mm. ever. Um, and it's really also hot when you can show your partner what you like and yeah. show them how you get off and teach them because if you can't teach them, they might not know how to please you. One girl actually asked about, it's funny that you mentioned flicking the bean because that's exactly how she, the term she used. <laughs> um, she's okay. only ever been able to, and I know we touched on orgasms before, but um, just wanted to go back to it. She's only ever been able to orgasm through that, through mm. self-pleasure, and she's never really been able to how, how do you correctly steer someone to do the right thing? Yeah. Um, sometimes they just won't be able to do it. Yeah. So it's very okay. And I encourage everyone to touch themselves during uh, intercourse or sexuality in general. Mm. Um, it's very okay to play with yourself and your genitals while you're having a sexual experience with someone else. Because if you know how you're going to get off, then why mm. wouldn't you mm. create that recipe? Um, and I think when you have someone that you want to teach, just say, hey, I like this, or mm-hmm. hey, I want to show you this, or why don't you watch me, or here's my vibrator, and I'm going to hold it here while you do this to me. So, yeah, it's very common for a lot of women mm. to, um, for their partners to not be able to get them off, but for themselves to yeah. be able to pleasure themselves during a sexual experience. And I would just say go for it. And yeah. hopefully with time you'll be able to teach your partner how it works for you too or they'll be able to use the right tool on you yeah I, I hope that people will like obviously with everything that we've been talking about see that there is no norm mm. in, in sex whether it's by yourself or with a partner there's so many different ways and as you said before sex doesn't mean penetration either I mean I know traditionally for some reason we were taught that it was but really um it, it's it's any way of getting aroused or anything or, or feeling loved and touched and all that sort of stuff. How about keeping that spark um, in your relationship if you're in a long distance relationship? Um, I myself have, there was a period where Josh and I were apart for about eight months and then physically were apart for about five months. Um, how does someone, if they know that they're going to be doing long distance with someone, keep the spark? I know you've talked a bit about phone sex. Mm, yeah, well, Is we're that, lucky. Yeah. We're lucky that we have things like FaceTime. We have um, vibrators that can be controlled from a phone in another country. 
you know, it's very important to feel safe um, and not feel threatened. But I also think it's good to be erotic and find pleasure in, in your body and be able to share that with someone. Um, long distance is tricky. And I think that people who start with long distance have it a little bit easier because they learn how to communicate really well. Mm. You almost have to create a different story around your life when you're separate from each other. You have to be a lot more creative when you're describing what you're doing Um, and you have to learn how to I guess talk in a more erotic way or talk dirty so sexting is a really great thing to start with Um, some FaceTime would be really good if phone sex of course these are all things that Uh, you can read about on my Instagram but I would say take the risk and you know it might be awkward at first so you can have a little script in front of you about some ideas Um, but really just uh, play around with it Mm. get a good vibrator that you can you know show your partner maybe you can masturbate on screen or they can masturbate on screen these are all really hot things to do and you're allowed to do them because you're allowed to be a sexual person Mm. Um, what else could I what else advice could I give I just think that try and get through that awkwardness if you're Mm. not so sure about it because it will become your new normal Mm. and for anyone who's having to try a new experience, you have to go through a little bit of anxiety to get to a comfort zone. It's like trying new food. You might be nervous at first, but once you try it and you can see if you like the tastes or not, you become a lot more confident with being able to say, yes, I want it or no, I don't want it. Mm. So incredible. Um, mm. So you must obviously love your job. To get into something like this, it must be something that you were, as you said, growing up, your, your parents are really open with you and everything like that. Mm. Why, why is it important to you that topics like this are spoken about? It's so important to me because I want people to know that they're absolutely okay mm. being themselves mm. and being in their own sexual experiences. We, you know, just I think a lot of the time we grow up and schoolyards, we're like, oh, this is normal or this is normal and things become gossip or taboo. And I, I think that no one's really talking about the fact that sexuality is super normal. Mm. Um, I want people to feel empowered by their sexuality and by their thoughts. I want people to research what eroticism is, listen to erotic stories, read about things that can really fill their their brain with pleasure, essentially, and know that pleasure is for them. Um, we have a lot of people that are with different abilities mm. that might not know that they're going to be able to have a a fulfilling sexual life or romantic relationship and I think that uh, you know for myself and and my partner that's really (laughs) testament that you can do that absolutely he's in a wheelchair and we have Mm. you know a lot of fun um Dill sent in a question he was like ask her if her partner's good in bed (laughs) oh yeah he's the best (laughs) best I ever had (laughs) no he's amazing and I think that that's really key you know everyone can have whatever type of sex that they want to have and um you're okay i mean yeah my family was really open but we're also traditional uh, have a catholic family and um very traditional tall dutch father who you know is also like we have rules in our house but i think for me it was about making my own journey and um, my mum actually told me to become a sexologist because she just said, no one's talking about this. You're going to be great at talking about it. And um, I think just, you know, feeling that people sometimes just need a safe space mm. is the most important thing. Mm. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the Kick Pod. I'm sure this is going to be one of um, many's favourite podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I, I love following you. I think you're, the posts that you put up, they're so informative, but they're also so fun. Um, and it's just nice. I think that you're, you're so honest and raw and, and putting everything out there like that. I think there mm-hmm. needs to be more of that. So um, we were really excited to do this chat. Can't thank you enough yeah, for your time. We know you're a busy, so <laughs> busy lady, but um, we'll make sure we put your uh, handle in the in the description so that everyone can come and see your page because yeah. yeah highly recommend it for like old tips <laughs> all of them yeah there's a lot in there <laughs> different var- variations <laughs> thanks Thank for having you. me well we hope you guys enjoyed that chat Lawsy question of the week thank you for that we have got a question from Vanessa thank you for sending in your question actually you sent in probably five questions and they're all very good so thank you for that um, best and worst purchase you've ever made I love this question mm. okay so we have thought about this we before because this. it took us two minutes yeah. so we'll, we can't have the silence on here so my best purchase is Billy oh my god I was going to say Ari <laughs> yeah yeah 100% uh, because he's beautiful yeah uh, that's the best money we've ever spent in our whole life and my worst purchase would be Mm-hmm. So I uh, love, I have a funny relationship with Aldi. I love it, but also sometimes the random things that I come home with that I don't need, I'm mm. like, um. Mm. <laughs> Once I bought skiing stuff and I don't really go skiing, yeah. uh, but now that is in the cupboard. Uh, but I bought recently, it was actually when I was buying um, some of the soft drink for mm. your hence party, mm-hmm. and I saw in the middle there was a dog Um Thing. I've seen this yeah, in your car. It's, in my, it's still in my car and I've <laughs> lost parts of it so I can't even use it. It's a dog, a, a head for the shower. That I think it's for a hose end. Yeah, you put it and then the the shampoo comes out and it helps you wash the dog. And it's got like a brush end on it. Yeah, it's got a lot of parts. And I can't say it's bad because I haven't used it. But it's so much effort to use it that I and it was like I'm like, Oh, it's nine ninety five. Anyway. So that's in my car still. It's probably the worst purchase I've made recently. Maybe not in my whole life. I feel like I'm, and I'm so sorry for yelling into the microphone earlier, guys, but Ari 100% is the best purchase we've ever made as well. I think anyone with a dog would probably if agree. If I said Billy and then you didn't say Ari, or if you said Ari and I, I was didn't thinking say Billy, it would when be I like... When I thought of Ari, I was like, I wonder if she's going to say We'd be the Billy. devil. <laughs> <laughs> um... But when it comes to worst purchases, I feel like I'm a really good shopper and I you don't are. buy things that I know aren't going to be any good. You're a good present um, shopper too. So I'm really struggling here with this one because I really think about my purchases for sure. But you know when you said with the brush thing, it actually reminded me, we bought and we actually, it was quite expensive. Mm. We bought like clippers and stuff for Ari, like proper dog grooming things. And Josh, I reckon in Ari's four and a half years of being alive has clipped him four times so I uh, don't know and we've got him groomed cost per so wear. I don't know whether cost it was kind use. of worth it probably high and now every time we think about using them he's like nah, it's too much effort like charging it and then getting and the hairs out of it and then worrying. cleaning up and I'd be worried I'd <laughs> cut Billy or something nah well Ari's just so good he sits still yeah true Billy's <laughs> outrageous wait I thought of one more can okay. I do one more worst purchase sure so Dalton and I bought a uh, 13 or 11 seater couch mm. for our house um and your- our and uh, yep yeah. our um the house we moved from and yeah. our living room was the size of a shoebox yes i would say that was very silly the couch literally took up the, the whole, whole room. room and yeah. you couldn't really even walk around it yeah. and anyway we bought it and then we 
didn't it, because we were both so embarrassed that we thought it was the best couch ever. Yeah, we didn't ever say it to each other. And yeah. then one day we bought a coffee table and a rug, and we ha- everything. Nothing was working. We were yeah. like, it just looks so bad. And we were like going on Pinterest, and then w- our vision just was not translating <laughs> into. It was just as like honestly, I was like, this is. I have no idea. We both mm. have no idea, really. Mm. But then we looked at each other. We sat on the couch and we said. This it was like a recline. I don't know. It had reclining it things. Like yeah. it's just like what my grandma has. Yeah, <laughs> it was just very big. It was just huge. Anyway, and um, so then we looked at each other and we said, "It's time to sell this couch." And we sold it on Gumtree. Lucky, and it was quite a popular couch. Mm. So uh, mm. we sold it for. I think we we only lost a hundred dollars. We're very oh, lucky. Very lucky. Very 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 lucky. If we were going to lose a lot, I would have just sucked it up and <laughs> had it. But yeah, that was honestly. We didn't even measure the room. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. I've got two. <laughs> that was a good question. <laughs> um, uh, as always, guys, if you would like to see or hear more from us, you can follow us on Instagram at keepitcleaner at laura.henshaw or at stephclairsmith. Also, check out our website, www.keepitcleaner.com.au and we're back here every Wednesday. How's your followers? Are you nearly at, how far are we from two Jesus, million? Are we on that topic again? <laughs> we are. We're back. How oh far are God. you from two million? I don't know. I haven't checked lately. What do you want? After I ticked over well over 1.5, I was like, cool, ah, it's not did going Did you down. hear that? Subtle, well over 1.5. Well, no, as in like, I didn't want to celebrate the fact that I'd hit 1.5 and then it dropped down the next oh, week. Oh, yeah, very true. Very <laughs> true. You have to be careful. Um, I will check right now for okay, you. Okay, thank you. Uh, Live. I am on 1,000, sorry? 1 million. 1 million, 525,000. Okay, so we've got a, f- a little bit to go, 475,000 followers. Yeah, so I need to... No, I need to get another 75,000 till I hit 1.6. Oh, okay. Oh, you're yeah. talking 2 million. I'm 2 million, Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, you're anyway. aiming high. Great. We'll get there. Okay, guys, that's all for now. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>